everybody, and welcome to episode six of Granitown Media's Inside Milford, a podcast highlighting the people who make our local government run. My name is Tim Finan, and I will be your host for today's episode. My guest today is Milford's new fire chief, Ken Flaherty. As many of you know, Ken was recently promoted to the position of chief from his previous role as captain here at the Milford Fire Department. Ken has been a member of the Milford Fire Department for 29 years, starting out as a call firefighter, rising through the ranks as lieutenant, training officer, captain, and now chief. Ken has spent his entire career as a firefighter here in Milford. Welcome, Chief. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. So, how's that sound, the Chief? Are you, get, are you getting used to uh, being called Chief yet? Takes some time to get used to, for sure. I, I could imagine it might. I still call myself Captain on the radio sometimes, so I have oh, to be man. careful. So, how long has it been now? I was trying to think back. It, it's a month, a couple months? Uh, right, six weeks, almost seven weeks. Six weeks, oh, cool. So, that must be pretty exciting. So, I didn't realize until we spoke yesterday that you've been in Milford the whole time. Your Correct. entire career. Correct. So you're like the Kalia Skremsky of, uh, of Milford Fire Department. Uh, One uniform your whole career so far. So far. We want to keep you here, though, yep. so that's good. So how's the, how's the past month been? How's it, uh, how are you adjusting? Busy. Getting my feet wet. Budget. Uh, the budget cycle has started, so getting ready for that. Going day by day. Great. So I mentioned in the introduction that you've been here for 29 years at the Milford Fire Department. Now, I know you live in Milford now. Have you always lived in Milford? Uh, since the eighth grade. Since the eighth grade. Oh, nice. Yep. So where did you grow up? I mean, where were you? I uh, originally grew up in South Boston, and then moved to Brockton, and then Nashville, and then here. Oh, so you're a South Boston Irish yep. boy. Yep. D Street. Nice. Oh, that's nice. I didn't know that. that. That's awesome. All right. So can you talk a little bit about the, the interview process? You alluded to it, actually, before we started. I guess, first of all, how long did you, how long have you known that uh, Chief Kelly was retiring? Uh, Chief Kelly announced his retirement roughly, I'm trying to think when that was back, probably April. In April, he announced it? Quietly announced it, and then officially, yeah, and then got out, and then they started posting it. So it got announced April, officially April 20-something. We were at an FDIC conference when the Jackson job posting got posted when we were out. The assistant chief and myself were out there when that happened, so. So did you know right away that, that you wanted the position? I had to think about it, yeah. You did have to think about it? So what was what was the process like? The interview process. Um, how did it all go? Uh, open applications, resumes for two months or close to actually close to thirteen weeks. I believe it was open for, mm-hmm. um, and then it went to a written questionnaire. We had six or seven questions we had to write, uh, essay questions, and then there was two interview processes, oral interview processes with a board of nine members each. Oh, and, and this was I'm, I'm guessing. The selectmen and others, or some yeah. of the selectmen? Yeah. It, was it, it was the three uh, assistant chiefs, the two deputy chiefs, town administrator, uh, human resource, two selectmen. Uh, Chief Viola was on the board. Oh, it was nice. pretty intimidating. I, I can imagine it would. Were there a, how many candidates approximately? I, be, I believe there was 39. 39 candidates. Wow. And we settled in, inside. inside. That's, that's great. That says a lot for the department. Okay, can we start off here, talk a little bit about and kind of give us an overview of the fire department, what we have for personnel. What is, I've, I've got the org chart from the um, town website, but I think it's, in, I know it's old. It's old. So, uh, so we have to get with Chris to do that. I was, I was, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> this is Chris's problem. How many full-time staff? How many part-time? So, what do you have? So currently we have 32 call members and we have... Uh, positions for five full-time positions, but one of those is obviously my own position, so now we're down to four. 
Okay, four open yeah, positions. Four. Uh, well, four full. There are oh. four ones open. The, the, the training captain position is open still. Okay. We're in the process now of interviewing. So we have a chief. We have a chief a prevention captain and two firefighters and then a training officer, which is another captain. Okay, and the training officer is what you were? Correct. So those so five full-time. And what about call? You see, I think you just said 32. 32 total call. How does that get broken out? I see on the incorrect work chart, you have an assistant chief. You still have one assistant chief? That's is that correct. Right? Still Mark Britton? Absolutely. Mark yep. Britton. And two deputies? Correct. Bill Kincaid and Jeff, Jeff Marshall. Marshall. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so below that, that's when the captains come in? Yep. So currently we have only one captain in the house, and that's Brian Charest, okay. and he's the captain of Engine 3. And then right now we have lieutenants running the engine companies and the ladder company. So that's the way the org chart works. So you, you have an, a captain and a lieutenant per vehicle, essentially. Correct. Yes. Per a piece of apparatus. Yep. Uh, They're broken okay. up into companies. In the, oh, you call them companies. Yep. That makes sense. I've seen that on TV. Yep. <laughs> so you have, is it seven firefighters per, you target seven per, per yeah, engine? Yeah, so there's eight. It's supposed to be eight total per company, two of those being officers, and then six firefighters underneath that. And... When you go on a call, does the captain, lieutenant, and all firefighters potentially go on the call? Yeah, anybody can go. So um, it's an open, once the tone drops, it's open to all members to come. Basically, what we try to do is put a, a qualified operator in the front seat. So you have to have a CDL. Um, you have to be approved by the department to drive the apparatus. And then we put an officer in the right front seat of the passenger seat, and he's in charge of the crew. And we try to put two firefighters at a minimum in the back. Good. So, okay, so we've got that, and you also have one admin. So you have five, yep. so you really have six, six. full-time people here. Yep. So what is staffing like here at the firehouse? Uh, are those five or six, are they all here 9 to 5, Monday to Friday? So, yeah, so, um, we try to split the shift up. So somebody's here from 7.30 to 4.30. There's at least one person here between 7.30 and 4.30. Most of the time it's 5 o'clock, depending on what we're doing. Currently, my old position was a 7.30 to 4 shift, so I've been coming in at 7.30 and then staying until 4, 4.30 right now until the position's filled, and then we might switch one of the firefighters, the full-time firefighters, to that shift because it's our morning commutes and the evening commutes that are most difficult for us mm -hmm. for the call side of it because they're coming and going from work and to work, so those are the, the vacant hours that we have. There's no staffing on weekends then? No. Okay. Is the firehouse, well, if there's no it, staffing, it's not open. It, it is open on Saturdays and Sundays between 9 and 10 in the morning for burn permits. Oh, okay. So somebody's here. And one of the call firefighters? Yeah, one of the call of officers will come down um, and rate burn permits at that time. So can you, uh, I neglected to say when we started here that we're actually recording this live in the brand new yep. firehouse, or the brand new edition of the firehouse. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the edition, you know, what... The process to get it done. Uh, what was your involvement in it, and, and and what do we have for those that may have not toured it yet? Um, so I'd like to invite anybody down to come visit the fire station. We'll take you for a tour. Um, to your taxpayers' money was very well spent, and uh, lots of hard work went into this project. Uh, the project started two years ago, when we went into conception and actually got some money to um, do a study and put a plan together. And that plan was approved in March of last year and voted on and passed almost with 68, 69% um, percentage. It then went to, um, we, we should bash it back up because we did form a building study committee. Mm -hmm. and, and that was a couple outside members 
and four or five inside members to make sure that the project went off. I ended up chairing the, the Oh, you the were board. the chair, but yeah. oh, that's 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 cool. So what's what's new? What is in the here that? So essentially, the only thing that's not new is the four walls, and the concrete apparatus bay floor. Okay. Everything else, paint. Uh, the roof was done on the apparatus bay. The roof was done three years ago. That's why we didn't tear that section down because we spent sixty thousand to repair the roof, put a brand new roof and decking on it. So everything else behind that was either torn down or renovated, and additions. We put okay. a new bay out on the the north side of the building. We put a second floor. We added roughly from the old footprint sixteen feet from where the old building started and stopped. Mm -hmm. Oh, and and it's it's beautiful. I came and took the tour when you did um, did the open house a few weeks ago. It's it, it's really nice. Although you wouldn't let me slide down the pole. No. I, I actually we, asked, and I thought that somebody would let me. No, it's like no. no we um, so currently all the members had to go through the training, and they went through the training. Um, some members chose not to; others did. Um, it's really only gets used if you're upstairs. It's, people do run upstairs and come down. I mean, mm -hmm. it's an iconic piece in a fire station to have a pole. Yeah, it is nice. I liked it. All right, good. Um, talk a little bit about the equipment that you have. Uh, I believe you have, what, four engines and one ladder. Correct, and a rescue. And a rescue. Yep. Yeah, I was actually, what I have here, this is uh, from the 2018 town report. And they talk about the four engines, one heavy rescue. Is that yep. what you're? So what, what's what's what is that? The heavy rescue has our all of our special equipment on the, the what we call the jaws of life. If you've heard of that, it's okay. actually an Amkis product, and that'll take uh, the extrication portion for the motor vehicle accidents. And it has special rope rescue on it for our heights, for all our quarries in town. Um, it has some jacks in it and things like that. Oh, so, so it's specialized, heavily used. Yep, and that's. Are you able to store everything here now in, yes, the, in the facility? Because I know you used to store stuff either at DVW or wastewater. 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 Yep. Uh, so a f you have a forestry truck. Yep. A boat. Correct. Three support vehicles. That would be. I'm. I'm guessing that's your vehicle. Uh, two support vehicles. Uh, yep. Okay. And a fire alarm division bucket truck. I don't know if they consider that a support vehicle, but you'll see that out with DPW. We share that with DPW. They change lights, street lights, and um, traffic lights with it all the time. Oh, and, okay. and don't you have a, didn't I see a ATV or some sort of ATV yep. out there? That we share that with the police department. Okay. We got that on a grant as well. So that's what we have for the uh, these pieces of equipment. Um, the la ladder, I'm, obviously the ladder is used for yep. going up to tall buildings or probably in this town it's, it's more distance it's, than and It's a New England town, so basically it's for our distance, correct. We park this thing out in the street, and then we're trying to get to the, the homes that are built off the road. Do you find you use it often? I, uh, every building fire, we use it, um, and it does hold other equipment on it, so it has forcible entry equipment on it, so if somebody gets locked out of a house, that'll go. Um, we also have fans on it, so it'll take... The smoke that if we have a lot of smoke conditions, burnt food mm -hmm. at one of our apartment complexes, we'll set the fans up. I'm sure you get a lot of those, actually. We do. Um, so I'm just trying to think. What What is the, is Town Hall the tallest building in town? Uh, on this, it would be on the middle street side, yes. That's the tallest building. On the back side. Other than that, we go up to Jones Road. Jones um, Road. Oh, the bank. Mark, the that, bank. That big bank yeah. out there, that's the tallest. But but I'm guessing, like I said, that's prob it's probably more if you were to use the actual ladder itself, that's probably for getting to a house that's 
off the road. Correct. Something so, like that. Or, right. or lighting the pumpkin, the pumpkin festival. Right, absolutely. <laughs> it's uh, roughly 70,000 pounds. Most driveways aren't built to support that kind of weight, so we try to keep it as far away from the home as possible and, and set it up out on the roadway. But we'll nose it on the driveways, and then we can use it for the reach, not necessarily the height. Do many of our neighboring towns have one? Or is that a heavily used mutual no, um Not so much. Um, Amherst, Wilton have one. Um, oh, okay. Brookline does not. Mount Vernon does not. Um, Hollis has one, and then you, it starts to go out from there. And then the next one would be Peterborough after. So if, is there, if you could have one additional piece of equipment, what would it be? Is there anything there that you're missing that you can think of? Uh, but what we would like to do is combine, actually, the heavy rescue and the engine, an engine together for support to help streamline our operations. So basically we have a, we have two frontline pieces, engine two and engine three. Engine two does all the calls in town. You'll see it running around. Mm -hmm. It's basically what we call first due for any box or any fire. Engine three is our uh, automatic mutual aid piece. So it'll go out of town and it does the car accident. So it does the backup. It has a second set of uh, rescue tools on it for uh, auto extrication. And then the ladder and engine four are support pieces for that. And engine one currently is our reserve piece. We get credit for our ISO rating. Okay. Um, so we keep it. It's in service. It's it's very well maintained. The pump's um, relatively new. It was replaced about eight years ago for some um, manufacturing defect that they had in it. But um, that was me. That was gonna say it's about me. <laughs> Um, so we'd like to combine our rescue, which is our oldest piece, and then our engine one, which is the second oldest piece, and put them together so that we can streamline the operations. So what uh, are you, are you going to be asking the voters for any of this this year? No. Nope. No. No. Nope. When, when is that uh, your I, next? I believe it's a, in two years. Two, and that would be what you just referred to? Correct. Engine one. Engine and, one and rescue and one. Rescue so basically we would take two pieces and, and combine them into one, and we would keep our engine one as a, as a reserve piece to keep the ISO rating mm -hmm. at a three and a four, and then we'd just streamline that piece. And it would take some of the burden off the other pieces, engine three especially, for the um, fire calls, for the um, mutual aid calls and things. Okay, so you mentioned the ISO rating. What does that What does that buy us? Uh, insurance rating. I was, I was yeah, say it's, it goes to your homeowner's insurance. Um, oh, it goes to our homeowner's insurance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we did a drill roughly five years ago, maybe six years ago, when we got a brand-new piece of apparatus, our engine four, which is a 2,000-gallon-minute um, pump. Um, we had to prove to the insurance institute that we could provide X amount of water for two hours, and we provided that we put over 750 gallons a minute for two hours continuously, which dropped our rating to a three in the hydrant district, and outside the hydrant district, we were at a four. Um, so it's four better? Three is better, three so is the better lower the number, the better. So the city of Nashville is a two, so we're a three. Um, we used to be a four and an eight B, so we dropped considerably. Um, we have... I believe we only have two houses that are outside that scope because ISO does it in a five-mile radius hmm. to the center of town, um, and there's two houses on the mile slip road end that are in 8B, so they stayed up. I believe, on average, the homeowner saved roughly $300 a year. Really? I mean, that's really interesting. So is it up to the homeowner that should we be telling our... Yes. Our insurance agents? Yes. If they're if you're shopping for insurance, they call here all the time and ask for that information, and we make sure they, that we direct them to that website. Okay. That's interesting. So I, I would hope that 
especially if you had a local insurance agent, that yeah. they would know. They know. They uh, know. It really helped out the industrial areas, too, like Hitchens and Hendricks. They saw hmm. a significant reduction. Oh, that's really good to know. I didn't know that. I've learned something. Okay, so could you walk us through a call? I'm sure nothing's typical, but let's let's say, I don't know, I look out the back of my house, I see a brush fire. Okay. So I pick up the phone, I call 911, which I'm guessing goes to Concord. Yep. So how, does, how does that translate to a bunch of call firefighters or home watching TV okay. getting on so a So you call 911, 911 then takes the call, and then when you call 911, you say what the emergency is, and they're going to say, um, you either say police, fire, ambulance, and once you say fire, they direct you right to our communication center, which is Mac Base, which is located on the fourth floor of Town Hall. From there, they take your information, and then they notify whatever agency or wherever what town you live in. So if it's Milford... They'll they'll notify us. They'll basically dial up on their computers. Um, they have specific run cards for certain calls. You talking about MacBase or Concord yep. still? No, MacBase. Mac okay. So once it once MacBase is notified from Concord, they usually just drop the call, and MacBase takes it over from there. Okay. They put it in their computer system. Their computer systems program for our run cards and special incidents, and then they dispatch it off of the, whatever that is. So uh, a brush fire, our engine two, and our forestry. We'll go, and then our engine four for the so water So do supply. they contact the station? Do so, they no, they call, actually, we wear pages on our hips. Okay. And they push, they, they actually set it up as a program. They can push a button, and it sends out alert tones, sends a series of three tones, and then they actually opens up to a communications, and then they just tell you what and where to go. Um, and then the on-call, we have on-call officers during the evenings and weekends. They'll respond. Um, and then the members at home or if they're at work, wherever they are, they respond here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they get dressed appropriately, whatever the call happens to be, a brush fire. They wear long pants. They grab their forestry coats and helmets. Um, and then they get on the pieces of apparatus. They go to wherever it is. So that's when we see the, the pickup trucks with the lights and correct. the grill screaming they're, through the oval. <laughs> correct. They're coming here. Okay. Um, does anybody go directly to the... Yeah, so like I said, on-calls, we have two uh, on-call officers on nights and weekends, so between the hours of roughly 5 and 7 in the morning, we have on Monday through Friday, and then on the weekends, they cover the entire weekends. Um, And they live at home, they stay at home, and they have all their gear, and they have their radios, and then when the call comes in, they just respond to the scene, and then they're their officers, so they're in charge of the scene. Oh, okay. So it's just the, the crew, the company comes to the... To Everybody the, else will come here and then and get directions from the, um, the commander when he, once he arrives on scene. And what, what is your role? What's the chief's role? Monday through Friday, that's exactly what I would do. I would respond to the scene, and then a big incidents, I'll go out and I'll support whomever's running the scene. If they want me to take it over, we take it over. Otherwise, we just support them and, and nurture them so that they understand and keep going. Oh, interesting. How does the uh, mutual aid work? If there was an issue, if Amherst needed your help, how does that get Ah, uh, So the same same principle. If Amherst is already out on a fire call and they need help, the Amherst Dispatch Center will contact the Milford Dispatch Center or MacBase. Um, and then MacBase then does the same thing. They'll put it through the series of computer programs. They hit the button that tones us out. They tell us where to go, and we respond over. Do you do a lot of mutual aid? Fair amount. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Actually, the, this is unfair. I don't know if I asked you, but do you, do you have any call numbers? As of right? No, I don't have any. Um, I would guess conservatively at least almost 500 tones right now, so that means everybody can come to the calls, and then we do some service calls in between that, so we're probably right around 850, 900. For the year. For the year so far. Now. So Our average is about 1,100 a year. Yeah, I was gonna say, it says here in, in 2018 it was 1,179. Yeah, and of those we do about 
450 to f- maybe up to 400, 450 service calls, which don't include the entire department. It may just include the on-call officer to go out and look at something like a tree on a wire or okay. something like that, or do a service call to a master box to assist an alarm company. So I, I see here from 2018, this is a big number. It says that uh, members of the department provided more than 11,167 hours of service to the community. That's a big number, 11,000 hours. Yep. We get about an average, uh, I can tell you actually, um, nine, or excuse me, eight, eight members a, a, for each call. Oh, eight. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah, that's Even a great number. Is, yep. is, that's an average. So right now we're doing nine members at night, and we're doing six during the day. But you you have two full time officers under in a day. Is that uh, part of the four? So that's part of the I mean, six firefighters. Yeah. Well, that so that would include the two. So that would include uh, the officer, a driver, and then two firefighters. So that includes the fourth. Okay. And then um, so we're getting average of two, extra. So let's see what other what else does the fire department do, besides what we just talked about? Now I know. Community outreach, that type of stuff. Yeah, we do it every, pretty much everything. Everybody, the, the old adage is, if you don't know what, you just call the fire department and they'll take care of it. Yeah, no, and, and I've done the same thing many times. You've been to my <laughs> yeah. house a couple of times. Cats in the trees. Um, we've had iguanas in trees. We've had birds in trees. I once called you guys because I was down on, um, went down on, on 101 down by Market Basket down there, and there was a hurt owl limping around on the on the side yeah. like oh, call the fire department we so other than um those things like that we take care of car seats mm-hmm. um we do a lot of car seat installations last year we did i think 50 something maybe 55 car seat installations so uh, if someone has a new car seat they can just call you guys yeah, and you'll come down do and put a, it we, in yep yeah, we do a, uh, we basically educate them it's about a 45 minute process so they'll come we need all the information we educate them. They actually put the car seat in when they leave, so that they ever have an issues that they can continue to put it in. Oh, that that's really that's really good. Um, smoke and and carbon monoxide alarm. You do those checks as well. Yeah, yeah. So we'll go out, and if somebody calls, um, typically it's the elderly or somebody that doesn't have a little step stool that can't reach them, mm-hmm. or is very unsure, that we'll go out and put smoke detectors in for people. Uh, yeah, I'll even I'll I'll throw in a little plug for you on a, a personal anecdotal story. Uh, my mother-in-law. This was probably last year or something, but yeah, she went out and bought some. She wasn't sure she the light was flashing. flashing. A different, you know, it was a different pattern than she recognized. So she was smart enough to realize that something's up. So she called you guys, and you guys came out and told her exactly what she needed. You know, she went down to Walmart, bought it, came back. Then you came back, and you installed everything for her. It was yeah. it was she raved about you guys for yeah, for and uh, we also if we provide them if people can't um, afford them. As well. oh, do we, you have, we have uh, programs that we get smoke detectors and carbon monoxide detectors that we can provide. Good. Programs at the schools, what do you do? I know sometimes, do you still have that little, was it the Smokey the Bear? Yeah, dog we still or? have all those. The, 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 we have the dollhouse, we have a remote controlled Smokey, we have a costume that we use. We usually use that. You'll see that coming up in a couple of weeks with Pumpkin Festival. I'm sure we'll have all that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we're in the schools, we do a lot of fire prevention work um we do fire drills with the students we do fire prevention um we'll go up and read on certain days they do dr seuss we'll go to the jock school we go to heron pond we do reading for the days things like that we right. sign and up. that would be the prevention officer primarily uh, yeah but Is most Jason, of us do it yep, yep, Captain Schmenick? Schmenick, yep. okay so 
And fire permits. You do fire permits. Correct. So, so what's because I, I, that's a big I, topic I'm, usually with people. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, I'm a firm believer that most people do not know the yeah, rules. Um, so you are required to get a burn permit in the state of New Hampshire. Um, the town of Milford is just an agent of the state of New Hampshire, so it's their laws, not our laws. And if you're not the landowner, you have to have permission from the landowner, written permission, and it's done every single time you want a, a brush uh, permit. There are three categories of brush permits. One is a campfire, which is two feet in diameter and can be 25 feet from your house or structure. Um, and then the second one is a category two, which is up to four feet, but that has to be 50 feet away from any structure. And then there's a category three, which is just a typical brush pile that people will burn on the weekends. Mm -hmm. So they come down and they get a permit down Correct. here. Yep. And I believe the permit is, you only have to do that once? Uh, for seasonal burn permits. So category one and category two are seasonal style permits, so you can get those issued to you once a year. We'll come out and do an inspection on the pit, um, and then we issue it on the spot, and then you can have it for the year. Okay. Category three is issued on the day that you want to burn. And, and, and that would be the big brush that's pile? That's the big the brush pile that most people... We, do, we issue the permits Monday through Friday uh, from 7.30 to 4.30 on the weekends from between 9 and 10. And so you what? do have to renew the... Um, Seasonals. The seasonal yep, every year. year. So we tell people every year you can come get your seasonal permit renewed January 1st. Most people will wait till the snow is gone because um, during the, when there's snow on the ground, you don't need a burn permit as well. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe, I don't know if this is a rule or just a request that you call. Correct. It's a rule, actually, so that you call our dispatch center. Even if uh, you have a permit. Correct. So that they know that you're burning the, um, for the evening so that somebody doesn't report smoke and have a nuisance. Or if the state has banned outdoor burning, mm -hmm. the dispatch center will know that. Emergency management director. Are Me. you, you, because I know in the past that the fire chief was given yep. that. So what, what is the emergency management director? What's your responsibilities with that? Uh, so if in the event of an emergency disaster, things we take over, basically, um, the EOC opens up. That's what the new training center is in, in, uh, in the building here. So this would be, you know, whatever chemical spills. Or things it could like that. be, so, uh, it's usually, most likely it's going to be a natural disaster. Like okay. the ice storm, the big ice storm we had, or during the snowstorm during the Halloween couple years back same thing we get together with the local departments we figure out what the best is for the town and then we try to if if this the state has issued a state of emergency then we can we have a little bit more authority that we can use so and you're also i'm thinking of the health department yep, health officer so you're the health officer yep. but are the selectmen still the board of health no we are so there's no the, the health officer is right now is myself okay and we have deputy health officers that are underneath so we have jason captain schmedic and right now it's um, assistant chief britain uh, but we're looking to change that system a little bit uh, maybe actually shift it right back to captain schmedic as the health officer um, he does it, he does in all the codes, so he's very good at the codes. He's in the restaurants anyways and handling most of that on a day-to-day -day basis. So how often how often are so you do restaurant inspections and that? So we only do inspections for place of assembly permits. We're not a self-inspecting community for the health side of it. The state still takes care of that. Okay. So they'll, what they'll do is if they have a complaint, they'll ask us to go out and investigate the initial complaint and then we'll go out and then we get the state. Um, we do have the authority to shut the restaurant down if need be, but usually then a state will follow up with their health. Hmm. Okay. 
Well, that's interesting. It's, it's good to know that we have a lot of our health issues are with uh, tenants and landlords and mold and things oh, so like that sort of health. So not yeah, restaurants. Oh, not restaurants. It's it's all encompassing. So trash in the yards, things of that nature, all that. Um, okay. This comes under the health side of it. Rodents. So if a neighbor has trash in your yard, you can call you guys for that uh, too. Absolutely, if they think it becomes a health issue and there's going to be um, rodents. But would you? Okay, but you'd probably like if a new restaurant opened in town. You. We still do the inspection for the place of assembly, and then we'll do a, a fire inspection as well. So the state will have to come in. They, they'll come in and do their initial inspection, and sometimes we're there at the same times. Other times we're not. So what's your involvement in the Pumpkin Festival as far as that's concerned and all the food vendors, do they? So all the food vendors will have to have their own license from the state. They'll have, because they're all mobile trailers, so they'll mm -hmm. all be inspected by the state at some point. Um, if it depends on what kind of trailer it is, some have hoods in them, so those will be inspected. And then we go out and verify that all their certificates are up to date, mm -hmm. um, all that the hoods have been inspected, and all their, basically it comes to electrical codes as well after that to make sure that the, if they're using a generator, it's grounded, if their receptacles aren't grounded, things like that. Okay. Is, that the, is, is it the same thing for food trucks around town? Yes. Typically, the food trucks are a little uh, lenient, more lenient, because they're mobile, so they're, they're, they're traveling throughout. But they're supposed to be inspected? They're supposed to have an inspection. Yep. Okay. Same thing. Probably ice cream trucks. It's probably all the yep. same general yeah, the idea. Same. Yep. They'll get one inspection pretty much for the year, and that covers them. Okay. The future. What, do you, what, what are your thoughts on the future? Um, are you a, a West End Station guy that's gone back and forth over uh, the years? Um, I don't think so. I think, um, as we proved when we did the study for this building... More than 70 point, just about 70% of our fire calls are within one mile of where we are located now. I find um, that fascinating. It, it really is. And the old adage is all roads lead to the Oval, and they truly do. Um, mm -hmm. So everything does come downtown. Um, it's an easier traffic control pattern for us. The biggest thing is we don't have any firefighters that live in the West End. So it would be about the same time because they would still have to drive from wherever they live to a West End station and then drive out. Okay. To the call. So if they're in the West End already, if we had a group of, say, 10 or 15 that lived out in the West End Station, it may, may make a lot of sense because they're not coming all the way this direction mm -hmm. and then going backwards to go to the other. Okay. And just so the, the folks listening, in case they don't know, the West End, uh, the theorized West End Station would be up around Heron Pond. The, Correct. That, it was supposed to be right where they just built that field in that general area. Right, right. On the right side. What about staffing? Do you see us going full-time anytime soon? I don't. You don't? Um, I don't. With the numbers like I just gave you, we're still averaging six per call um, and, and nine at night. Um, the, the numbers just don't justify it, and we okay. still get the membership coming through the door. That's what I was going to ask. There's no uh, we issue with demographics. Not, not at the moment. Uh, we have 32 call members. I do have four applications that we're reviewing now for the for call firefighters, so that will help bring up our staffing back to the um, – our full staffing is 45, so we're not too far off. Mm -hmm. But you do That's have facilities now here for, for dorms. Correct. And That's for future. Um, or basically when we do storm coverage, if um, during the winter storms, if the storm is really bad, we didn't have a place prior, we would sleep on the floor, sleep on the couch. Um, we would staff the, um, the overnight if we had a bad storm come in. And as DPW, like if we had a couple feet of snow dropping, things of that nature, the ice storm, prime example of the ice storm, mm -hmm. um, we'd send people home. But, They'd go home and they had no power. They had nothing to shower. They had nothing to do. So, if we had some place like that, so that's what that yeah, was. These all still for. aren't outfit yet. Not, right? not yet. No, okay. They will be. Um, 
about six weeks. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you didn't even budget for that. No, there was uh, some extra money towards the end of the budget, um, and we got the approval from the board and the, the town administrator to go ahead and do it. Okay, so you said, so your full-time position, your your previous position yeah. is open, and there was another one? No. Nope. That's the only full-time position. So you have so, two well, full-time firefighters, two, Jason. Yeah, so there's basically four ready to go on the fire trucks. So it would be the two full-time firefighters, so that would be Mike Goldstein and Ryan Hooper. Then we got Captain Schmedek, who rides the right front seat, and then we'd have the other, my old position, basically, and then the ch fire chief. I was going to ask you about the budget, but I know you're in the middle of the budget season. I couldn't find the number. What is approximately the fire department's budget? Last year it was six six hundred and sixty three thousand. Six hundred sixty three thousand, which really out of about a fourteen million dollar budget, I think we're around there. That's that's yeah, not that's, a t terribly large yeah, number. Yeah, if we went full time, you would we'd be over two million two point five million dollars for that. So, oh, wow. do you get any other funding? Do you get state? Federal funding, or uh, is it pretty much all tax-based It's money? pretty, everything that we get is tax-based from mm -hmm. revenue. The only thing we do is we write a lot of grants, and we try to get a lot of grants. Okay. Um, I just received the grant for new air packs, so the grant was $289,000 for that, and we have a $13,000 match. Mm -hmm. So we're going to outfit the entire department with 40 new SCBAs with 80 bottles and 48 masks um, at, for $13,000 instead of bringing it to... Uh, a Warren article. Oh, that's great. What about the Waffle Breakfast? Where does that money go? That uh, Waffle Breakfast isn't you guys. It's it no, it's an association that's uh, tied to the department, and that helps provide some um, insurance and some benefits like that. Mm -hmm. So, are you going to start those up again soon? They'll be back next year. Next yep. year, yep. So, so not this fall. Not this fall. Oh, it's getting pretty. It's getting pretty late, and they didn't think they would have the time. Um, it's like I said, the layout of the building is all new to them too, so they have to figure out what's going to work best. They're going to they're run a mock one to see. Um, basically, then the principle right now is the new addition bay that we built on the north side will be all where the cooking's done, and then we'll just bring it right up to the apparatus bay floor where everybody else used to eat. Oh, oh, that's right, because you used to cook it in that little rec room, which yeah, we, isn't we, there anymore. We, no, in the kitchen's upstairs, so the logistics of bringing food up and down the stairs is, is, uh, is not feasible. And then we have a, excuse me, a couple systems in the building. The apparatus bay is positively pressured, Okay. And the building is natively pressured, so they balance. Mm -hmm. So you can't leave doors open because it's trying to keep the carbon monoxide and the diesel once the trucks are start and anything that's run out there from coming back this direction. So if you prop a door open, it kind of defeats the purpose, and then the HVA systems fight each other. Makes a lot of sense. All right, a couple quickie things here. Mac base. Yep. Do the current issues that are going on, do they, are they affecting you? I know the fire, the police department have issues. Right. Are you guys? Um, currently, no. Our, our radio system is old. Uh, everything that we have is old. Other than Your radio system up there or down here? Everywhere, here, everywhere. Anything. So the radio system in general is our portables, our pagers, things like that. Um, the actual infrastructure and the, and the channel and what works, uh, works for us. So we just, we're older system. We are on a repeated channel. I want to say we put that in. Chief Pauly put that in before he left, mm -hmm. so it's that old. Um, that's three chiefs ago. So he he would purchase that probably ninety eight, ninety nine. But that would be a town issue, I would think anyway, right? That wouldn't go through Mac Bezo, would it? Uh, well, it would depend. So well, that's that's where they're what that's what they're kind of going through now. Okay. So 
we saw a problem. We had a little bit of money. The fire, former fire chief wrote a grant, repaired the problem, and we just never looked back at that point. So, The fire whistle on town hall. Yep. That is actually still used, right? Because I do hear it occasionally. Yeah. So what what is it? Is it a code? Uh, it used to be a code for the boxes that came into the building. So they used to see the little red boxes on the street corners, and they had numbers on them, and they would blast the number, and then you would respond to that area. Um, now it's just a five and a three, which is a general fire call, just to let you know. Oh, so it's always the same it's code? Just a five and a three. So in addition to the pages going off, the call, the, the does it always still, go, or is it like a... No, nope, it still always goes, yep. Unless it's broken, which has happened a couple of times. It's just a big air tank, so it leaks. So what worries you, if anything? The environment? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, what worries you about the fire department? I mean, uh, our fire department, nothing, nothing here is worrying so, me. So we're good. We're you, good. Um, we got a great group of guys. They're uh, very well educated. Um, they want to do more. They're excited with the, all the changes that we've had in the building and the new chief and the outlook and things like that. Um, Good. So coverage and staff right now, you're, seems you're, to be you're great. The only thing we're, we're working on now is promoting um, officers. We're trying to get more officers. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just, that you just can't do that and snap your fingers overnight. We're working on that process. Because... So one final thing. Can you uh, talk about Jack Kelly a little bit? Tell me, you know, a little bit about former former, former Chief Jack Kelly, yeah. you know. Um, uh, he's, I'm sure you were very close to him. Yeah. He was a member for 30, almost 35 years. Um, I actually, when I started in 1990, he was my captain in 1990. Mm -hmm. um, so we've had a lot of history. He's taught a lot. Very aggressive firefighter. Towards the end, he still loved it. He did not want to leave still to this day. Oh, really? Um, nope. Still didn't want to leave to this day. Um, trying to get him back to, for a visit. He hasn't come back to visit yet. I think it's Well, that was another one of my questions was, do you, do you expect him to be hanging around the firehouse a lot? Uh, he says he won't, but he, he'll be back. Yeah. Um, we'll get him back. He get just him needs to flip some water. Right, we just need him to to process what what he went through. I mean, this is for 35 years is all he's known. He, he helped get the building where he's at. He's uh, accomplished a lot. He's purchased three pieces of apparatus while he was here. He got the building going. He's got two full-time members here. He's done a lot for the department. Yeah, he's a good guy. And there's a great picture of him somewhere. I think it's on a wall here. He just looks like your classic he was definitely Norman Rockwell call, firefighter. They call him the Jake, right? He's a classic firefighter from back in the day. Yeah, that's good. All right, great. So can you think of, is there anything that you wanted to say that I didn't cover that that would be, um, people would be interested in hearing? I, I think I... I think we covered, covered most things. All right, good. Well, thanks, Ken. I appreciate you coming. This was uh, taking some time no out problem. of your day. We didn't get a call. So no, we didn't get a call. So that's good. <laughs> so. Super. So I also want to thank everyone for listening today. I want to thank Chris Gentry, our GTM Media Manager. Chris was our director and audio engineer for today's episode. Our theme music was written and performed by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on the Apple Podcast app, SoundCloud, Podbean, Spotify, and most of the major podcast applications. Or you can stream directly from the Granite Town Media's podcast page at milfordnewhampshire.gov. As always, we welcome any and all feedback or suggestions you have for future episodes. We invite you to go to Granite Town Media's Facebook page or leave us a comment on our podcast page at soundcloud.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you join us again for a future episode of Inside Milford. Thank you.